How's that? How's that for an intro? I, I love that intro every time. As you can tell, like, I'm a little bit into this series, right? <laughs> See my shirt? Um, for those of you that don't know, my name is Josh, and I'm a leadership resident here at Involve. And um, today we're going to walk through Psalm 63 together. As I said, I'm super into this series, right? And you can tell that we're kind of working an angle here. We're working the Marvel's Avengers angle, right, with the whole Marveled set. You guys knew who the Avengers are? <laughs> Raise your hand if you have a favorite Avenger. Oh, I totally do. Okay. Everyone knows Spider-Man's the best. <laughs> Anyhow, um, the Marvel's Avengers, they're this assembly of superheroes that have these superpowers, right? And they have these superpowers, and they're battling to defeat evil for the Earth, and then for the universe, and for other Earths, and things like that. Um, they're a band of friends that, that conquer together. You know how I know that? This is how I know that. Because <laughs> I've read the comic books. And this isn't even all of them. This is like a compilation of most of them. There are ones I don't have that I'm like dying to get. Okay? So <laughs> that's how I know. Because I've read the books. But you know what? These books about good and evil and superpowers and all that, they're, they're fake. They're make-believe. We have another book called the Bible. This book, and it's not make-believe, it's real. It's got real people with real problems, real issues, real hurts. And it's about a God who is super powerful and worthy to be marveled over. Shameless plug. Ready? Okay. This is the Action Bible. If you have some, <laughs> got a fan up there. Um, if you have like younger kids or you're a younger kid, kid at heart like me, um, this is a, a guy that used to work for DC and Marvel. And he made this uh, compliment to the Bible. Like if you're doing a Bible study with younger kids, you can have the Bible, read the story, and then this has got some cool pictures to go along with it. The Action Bible. Okay? Plug over. Good. All right. So turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 63. Psalm 63. As I said, these books right here, these are fake. Those are made up. This one's not. And it's hard to doubt the credibility of the Bible with what Ryan, Pastor Ryan said to us last week, just how reliable our Bible is. It's incredibly re- reliable. And we trust in it. Like I said, it's got stories of people in it. Now, Psalms is about primarily a person named King David. There's some other guys that share their struggles in there too and their lives in there too, but primarily about King David. King David is an anointed king from God who's king over the land of Israel. And here in Psalm 63, we, may, we meet David in a huge dilemma. You see, he's got people like literally hunting for his head. And we're not sure who it is. We have two guesses. The first guy, the first guess is a guy named King Saul who was king before David and he likely wants to kill David because David's going to inherit his throne. He doesn't want that. So he's going after David. He's saying malicious things against David. He's slandering David, totally hating on David. What does David do? David learns to look to the avenger, God, instead of to vengeance. King David learns to look to the avenger, who is God, instead of vengeance. Now, it could be King Zal. It could also be this guy named Absalom who's, Absalom, who's David's son. And his son wants David's throne, right? And so he's also saying malicious things against his father, slanderous things against his father, totally trying to tear down his father. He even chases his dad through the wilderness. And Absalom is like long hair. And no joke, he like 
is riding to get his dad through this forest, and he gets his hair caught up in these trees, and it's just like hanging there, right? No good. Okay, so watch it, you hipster kids. Okay, careful that long hair. All right? <laughs> um, maybe you can relate to David in some way. Maybe you have felt betrayed. Maybe you feel like you need to hold a grudge and for good reason. Maybe you feel like you've struggled to resolve conflict. Maybe you feel like you have been used. David found himself right in the middle of all of this. Maybe you're still carrying the wounds and scars of being in that difficult situation. David cries out to God. If you look just a few chapters before Psalm 63 and, and Psalm 61, you hear David crying out, literally, hear me, God, I'm crying out to you. Don't you hear me? Have you ever felt like that? Crying out to God, wondering if he hears you? In Psalm 62, he literally says, when will they stop attacking me? When will people stop attacking me? And he has, David has literal people in mind here. David cries out for the first Avenger, not Captain America. Sorry, Chris Evans, you're cool. David's crying out for God. He's crying out to his Avenger, and he learns to look to the Avenger, to God, instead of being obsessed with vengeance, having that strong desire for vengeance. So that's our main idea today, is to in our struggles like we have with King David, like King David does, maybe no one's like literally hunting for our head, but there are people that want to tear us down. There are people that want to destroy us. There are people that speak maliciously or slanderously about us. And what do we do in those times? Look to the avenger, not to vengeance. So join me uh, here in Psalm 63, verse 1, as we see this. Let's see, I've got to turn this thing on for it to work. So what do we do then? Verse, verse 1, we're going to say, okay, well, what do we do when the avenger, it seems like he's not avenging, okay? Read with me Psalm 63, verse 1 here. O oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. What do we do when the avenger isn't avenging? Here, David states his clear need for God. He's saying, oh God, my God, like truly, you're my God. He's saying, I seek you earnestly, seeking God. David wants to be close to God. Actually, he says, earnestly, I seek God. You know what that means when he says earnestly? That means like early. So the first thing when he wakes up, though he's got people hunting his head, he's got people speaking maliciously about him, he's got people slandering him, his first thought when he wakes up in the morning is God is his marvelous Savior and who God is. Now, when I've had a previous hard day and it's looking like the next day is going to be hard, when I wake up in the morning, what do you think I'm thinking about? How about you? When you've had that hard day and you know another hard day is coming, what are you thinking about when you wake up? Maybe not God. David's saying, I, I seek God. He's saying physically, he cries, as, it's like his whole body is crying out, I need God. Sometimes life brings us to our knees, right? Like in David's circumstance. Yet David learns to seek God closely, continually. You could even look at it like this. This is just an example here. You ever uh, heard that saying about the husband and the wife that are driving in the truck together? 
And she looks over at him and says, after all these years, how can we never sit close anymore? And he says, I didn't move. Right? She's the one that moved. Okay? So in David's case here, he's finding himself far from God. And sometimes we do too. Let's ask that same question. God hasn't gone anywhere. But where have we gone? Are we looking to our avenger or do we just want vengeance? So what do we do when that avenger isn't avenging? We look to God. Excuse me. Second thing I want us to see here is the awe of the avenger, the awe that we have in God. Pick up with me in uh, Psalm 63, 2. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and your glory. There's going to be a progression here that David does in marveling over the avenger who is God. He says, I have looked at you with my eyes. For David, this is like in the temple, right? This is the, in the beauty of the temple. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. We don't have to go anywhere to see God. We have his Holy Spirit and our resurrected life dwelling inside of us. In verse 3, David says, Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So first David's looking upon God. He's gazing upon God. Now his lips are speaking about God. Why? Because God's love is better than life. Have you ever felt like that? Where your life was crumbling and you could say, you know what, God's love is better. God's love is greatest. Or maybe it's in a really good time of life. But you're thinking, you know what, this is awesome. But God's love is greater. What's popping into your head first thing in the morning when you wake up? Is it our marvelous God? What's keeping you up at night? What's keeping you from sleeping? When we have our marvelous God in view, when our lips are telling of that marvelous God, that can really give us true rest. David looks at God. His lips speak about God. Read with me in verse 4. He says, Psalm 63, 4. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. Now David's hands are raised in praise to God. Now in the Old Testament, even, even on through, when the priests in the temple would raise their hands in, in the temple to praise God, it meant like they've made their sacrifices and they're atoned. They're made clean before God. They've confessed their sins and they lift their hands because they're clean before God. We are clean before God, and we can lift our hands because of Jesus. Because he died on the cross for our sins and rose again after three days, giving us that message of hope that we can have a relationship with God. And we can raise our hands, as some of us did during the songs, to say, we believe you're that marvelous, God. Verse 5 says, My soul be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. So David says, as I looked upon God, this marvelous God, as, as I'm wanting vengeance, but I'm looking to the avenger, God, instead of wanting vengeance so bad. He's saying, I've looked at God. I'm now telling about God. My hands are raised in praise to God. And now David is saying, my soul is satisfied. And it's like he's saying satisfied with rich food. Okay? Um, maybe your translation says, I'm satisfied with fatness. The word here literally means with fat. Okay? So really, what David is saying is he lives in a society that's very what they call like agricultural, right? Um, everything's based on, on, on agriculture. 
he's, he's using like a, a phrase here. And I can relate to this phrase, okay? I've got this cool story how I can relate. All right? So me and my beautiful wife, Laura. Raise your hand, Laura. Hi, Laura. She's beautiful. She told you. Okay. Uh, um, we were dating, uh, this is what, like eight years ago. And she comes from a dairy family. I come from a dairy family. And our families actually uh, had dairies right kind of near each other, which is kind of cool. So we started dating, and her family had just uh, butchered this cow, right? And so they have us over. Uh, you know, they put the cow in the freezer, bring out some nice steaks for us as they, they're having us over for dinner. My family, her family. Remember, my dad's a dairy farmer. Her dad's a dairy farmer. So we sit down, and they put these steaks out in front of us. And I remember my steak has like a ton of fat on it, okay? I don't know about you, but I don't like the fat on the meat. And so I like try to cut it out like every time. And this fat was like extra fatty, Seriously, like it was yellow, and you, you like didn't even have to, re- like, you know how, like, you know, sometimes you have to like cut the gristle or whatever, like my technique. Anyway, um, so <laughs> uh, you like didn't even have to do that. You could just pull it out with your fork. It was yellow, it was nasty. And I remember saying, Oh my goodness, this fat is so gross. I'm pulling it out and, you know, eating the, eating the meal, you know, or having a good time. And then the um, meal comes to a close. We go home the next day. My dad says, uh, hey, can I talk to you for a second? And I'm like, yeah. Because <laughs> my dad, like, is a dairy farmer, right? Um, he, like, shows me a lot of cool stuff. He hardly ever, like, tells me. He doesn't really sit me down and be like, hey, this, hey, that, right? He, he shows me. He, he teaches by doing. Um, and he says, I want to talk to you about last night. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> you know? And he's like, I really feel bad how you, like, insulted their meat. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, how did I do that? Well, you know, you just talked about the fat. And then he, like, goes into, like, how the fat's the best part of the meat and how it makes it taste better. And Billy knows what I'm talking about right there. <laughs> okay, to be, to be, like, kind of redeem myself, I guess you could say, I actually love the fat now. So you know what I mean by that? Like, you know how, like, you've got a steak or a piece of meat and you've cut off a piece and it's got a little bit of fat with the meat and you eat it and it's just, like, totally heaven on earth, earth in your mouth? You know that feeling? And that goes down and you feel, like, so satisfied after a piece of steak like that. This is basically what David is describing in his soul. That once he looks to the avenger, once he looks to God and takes his, way, his eyes away from vengeance, okay? He could keep his eyes on Saul or Absalom and say, you know what? Those guys are such dirtbags, okay? They're trying to destroy my life and they're trying to say all these things about me and they're trying to take my throne or vice versa. He could stay fixated on that if he wants to, but he doesn't. He looks to God. He looks to the avenger. And when he does that, his soul becomes satisfied, much like we're satisfied with that piece of fat on that meat. It is this fact that brings assurance to David's soul and can bring assurance to our souls. Assuring our souls, assuring our heart is greater than the avenge me attitude. God's assurance of his faithfulness and love to our souls is better than the avenge me attitude. Does that make sense? Um, Like alligator eats the greater one, right? Okay, so awesome, good. On the same page, okay. (laughs) Verse 6, 63 verse 6 says, "Um, When I remembered upon my bed and meditate you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help. In the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. My right, your right hand upholds me. So what's David saying here? God's assurance, God's love is greater than the avenge me attitude. David dwells on God. 
He dwells on God all the time. We talked about him dwelling on God early in the morning. Now he's saying, I dwell on you when I lay on my bed. Now, I don't sleep very easily. Um, I take like at least 30 minutes to go to sleep. My wife is like the gift of quickly going to sleep. She's like, she's out, you know. So I'm not so much, right? I got things running through my head. I just want to like zone out, right? And so what do we do when we want to just zone out at the end of the day? That's pretty much why God gave us Netflix, right? <laughs> okay? <laughs> so we could try to zone out or Hulu or whatever you got, right? And so I'll do that. And you know what? My mind isn't really zoning out. It's still going. And I learned a lot from this verse because, you know, what I learned is, is at, at nighttime when there's a lot going through my head, maybe I'm worrying about something. I don't need to reach for Netflix. I need to look to Jesus. Think about this. What if when you went to sleep, if you couldn't sleep, but you're trying to go to sleep, you just pray? I would always think, well, if I pray at the end of the day when my head's on my pillow, what if I, like, fall asleep, like, in the middle of my prayer? Like, isn't that embarrassing or something like that? Like, isn't God, like, not going to like that if I fall asleep on him, you know? You ever had fall, someone fall asleep on, like, a phone call with you? I have, you know? <laughs> it's like, wow, how boring do you think I am? You know, but anyway. <laughs> no, God's not going to care about that. There's, is there really any better way to go to sleep than talking to God, drifting off in a sleep, talking to your Creator and your Savior? David's saying, I meditate you, he's on you. So David's saying, I think about God when I go to bed. That's where his mind is set on God. He directs his way of living toward God. David says, I take place, or I take my rest in the shadow of your wings. Your, he says, my, my soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. Direct your way, your way of life in God's way. So what David is saying here is he's saying that instead of dwelling on vengeance, instead of having the avenge me attitude, okay, He's saying we are like to be the tour guide of our own souls, basically, okay? So uh, David is a guy who's slayed giants in God's name and by God's power, right? He's uh, fought lions. Uh, he's brought armies uh, to, to, he's uh, been victorious over armies. A lot of things have happened in David's life because of God. A lot of awesome things. David's seen God do a lot of amazing things. So instead of dwelling on avenge me, David is like, tour guiding his soul and his spirit. Are you and I willing to do that? When we're in a situation like David, when we're um, in a tough spot, are we going to be the tour guide of our souls saying, look at what God has done in our lives. Just recount your own story. Think back over your own life. Think of where you have seen God's faithfulness. There are times in my life where I could say, absolutely, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that is God's hand in my life. God intervened here, and he intervened there, and he intervened over here. Can you do the same? See, I know that you can. The question is, will we do that And when we meet times like David is in? Follow David's example here. He looks to the avenger. He looks to God instead of vengeance. So we've got this, like, super important point that we've got to have in our head at this point, okay? The important thing to David is not the destruction of his enemies. When you and I have enemies, a lot of time we're fixed on their destruction. The important thing to David is not the destruction of his enemies. It's not that his problems just go away. It's not the, the thought of like, man, if I could only do this or only have this mentality, that's not it. 
It's just being with God. It's just being close with God. In his mess, being close to God. So will you and I, in our mess, be willing to be close to God? It sounds crazy at times, and it's not an instant fix. The next verse does not read, and God vaporized Absalom, or and God vaporized Saul. Okay? Like, totally not set to stun, stun, just like vaporized. Okay? That's not what the following verses say. They're still there. They're still hunting David. David's still in the wilderness. But yet God's assurance is filling his mind instead of the destruction of his enemies. See, the avenger, God, he assures us. So that's my last point today is, uh, actually second to last, assurance of the avenger, verses 9 and 10. Will you read with me uh, Psalm 63, verses 9 and 10? They say, But those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the sword, to the power of the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. So now that David's heart is directed away from, get him, God, just get my enemies, and it's directed to, David's heart's directed to God, now David is uh, prophesying that God's going to get his enemies. Now David's heart is at that point where God reveals, yes, there will be judgment for those kind of people, okay? People want to destroy each other. That's just the fact of life, right? Now that David's in the right heart and right frame of mind, then judgment is revealed. So, uh, for example, King Saul dies by basically committing suicide. He throws himself on his own sword. He's tormented by evil spirits. Um, King Saul's life, if you read about it in the Bible, it's basically the key example of becoming undone as a person, of just running from God and letting evil absorb your life, and then ultimately it's, you know, it's ended. Then we have Absalom. We, remember I told you about his hair? Not cool, right? Okay, um, so uh, also we see here uh, that God Almighty, he is a destroyer, okay? Um, one, one key theme in the Marvel Avengers movies is destruction. Did you guys know that? Yeah, some of you, okay, cool, some of you guys do. All right, there are some Marvel fans out there after all. I've gotten like several like texts and calls from you guys like in the past few weeks like, what, what, you know, what order do I watch the movies? And I'm like, how am I supposed to, oh, because I'm like a huge nerd. That's why I know, you know. So it's all good, you know. Just reveal my nerdiness there. Uh, God, God's a destroyer. And he destroys those uh, that he sees in his goodwill, those that are evil to destroy. He really says they're like a portion for jackals is what my Bible says. Um, that's basically like saying you're dead meat, okay. You're dead meat. They shall, verse 10 says, they shall be given over to the power of the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. Talking about the people that are uh, about evil that want to destroy David. Okay. So I know that that's kind of more of it, like a portion for jackals. Um, think about it like vultures diving down on a carcass, right? Think about their day, okay? When you and I drive by, have you ever seen like vultures devour a carcass? It's really gross, Right? Um, and you're driving by, we pass it at like, what, 60 miles an hour, right? But for David, in his day, you know, they rode past it on chariots and horses. They get a long, detailed look at what that vulture is doing to that carcass, okay? 
That's what God says those that are doing evil will be like. So there's assurance. There's assurance of avenging. Read verse 11 with me. It says, But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exult, for the mouths of liars will be stopped. Oops. Hmm. Okay, last point's not in there. Error. Error message. Okay, so last point today is um, we rejoice in the work of the avenger, verse 11. Verse 11 shows us that we rejoice in the work of the avenger. Now, it's not like, remember that mindset? It's not, yay, my foes are totally torn apart now. It's God is good. I've got my eyes and heart set on God, and what he decides to do is good. So decide to rejoice in what God does. Uh, David doesn't dwell on vengeance. He dwells on the avenger. Learn to denounce evil in the eyes of God and not just in your own eyes. So we fall on two sides. Uh, This verse here, 11, says, All who swear by him will boast, for the mouths of liars will be shut. So, excuse me, some people boast in God and choose to rejoice in God like David is doing here. And some people who have lying mouths don't believe in God, they'll be shut. Which side are you on today? Will you pray with me? Heads bowed and eyes closed. I just want to say thank you, God, so much for being this marvelous God, for being the ultimate power in the universe. That as we, as we grow and we, we uh, get older and we even observe these things like the Marvel movies and, and have fun with these different characters with superpowers, God, you are the ultimate superpower. And uh, we thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for us on the cross for our sins. God, I just pray that anyone here who, who would say, yeah, you know what? I I have lied, I have done wrong, I have sinned against God, and I don't have forgiveness for that. I pray that they would know that the Bible teaches that Jesus died on the cross for their sins, that right now they can ask Jesus to forgive them of their sins, believe in him, and have a home in heaven forever with, with, with God. They can have a resurrected life in Christ now because Jesus died on the cross for our sins. So I pray that uh, in the moments now and in the moments to come that you would help individuals. God, just get right with you. Help us to be right with you. Help those of us that maybe aren't walking closely to you because of the way life's going. We, we can relate with David. Um, that you will draw us close to you right now, God, and that you will put us on a path that stays close to you no matter what. Ask these things. I trust they're in your name, God. Amen. So as we... Uh, approach the closing here, there, there are three questions I want to give you a little bit of time to think about as we've read these verses together. This is God's word, not my word. It's really impacted me this last week. And I want, I want to ask these three questions. Um, what are three markers of God's grace in your life? Could you write down or think about or, or um, put out three markers of God's grace in your life? Whoa, that's not cool. That's happened before, though. Um, <laughs> Okay, second is this. Plan on looking to God. You guys still hear me? Good? Okay. Plan on looking to God in a specific way tomorrow morning and every day this week. What's your plan? Plan how you're going to look to God. Be specific about it and then share it with somebody. Last question. Will you commit to pray for those who persecute you in large or small ways?
write out a specific prayer for them. Just like David, okay? People are persecuting him in a large way. Maybe it's just a small way for you. Will you write out a specific prayer of grace for that person? (laughs) Will you do that? I want to give you a few moments here to think about that.